Hello, and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack. Hello, theorists. So with Modern Horizons 2, there was a really significant creature type errata change. They finally introduced the Phyrexian creature type to a bunch of old creatures that were Phyrexians. It also affected some like token generation. And so we're going to go into what those major changes are and then how they're going to affect the commander format. Because there are some decks that like naturally want to run a lot of Phyrexians and we want to discuss like how you can best utilize this change uh, in order to pump up the power of your decks. But before we jump in, I want to briefly talk about our Patreon. If you head on over to patreon.com slash commander theory, you can support the show and get sweet benefits for as little as $1 a month. If you aren't ready to be a patron yet, you can help us out by rating or reviewing us wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's jump on in. I want to start by saying that like there is perhaps a little bit of QA that needs to be done on the Phyrexian yeah. creature type errata. <laughs> yeah. Um, notably, Consecrated Sphinx is a Phyrexian on Magic Online, but it's not in Gatherer. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's a couple other just weird cha- like half changes like that clearly need to be remedied. So for example, like Chancellor of the Forge uh, has two abilities that make tokens. Uh, one of them makes a Phyrexian goblin, and the other just makes a regular goblin. So we've gotten confirmation from Matt Tayback that that was a mistake. They're both supposed to make Phyrexian goblins, but clearly there is a little bit of wiggle room here. I'm sure that most of what we're going to be talking about today is correct, but uh, <laughs> don't don't take this as 100% gospel because all of this is like pending some more QA work on behalf of Wizards. But uh, with that, let's talk about... Um, sort of what the impetus was behind this change, why it took so long. Uh, we've gotten a little bit of information just from Mark Rosewater and and some of the recent articles that have been put out. But I guess the first question we want to answer is probably um, what inspired this change? What prompted this, this big errata? <laughs> See, I actually don't know the answer to this. I don't know if there is an answer to this because I would assume that we're going to get more like Phyrexian stuff soon Mm -hmm. that's like my guess i i don't know for the longest time like well i I believe mark rosewater has said that like when they went back to mirrodin and they they implemented this new phyrexian storyline he had a desire to do it then but there was just this sense of like inertia that they'd gone decades at that point without using the phyrexian creature type there were so many creatures that would have to be changed uh, it just wasn't, kind of wasn't worth it. And so throughout the whole block, there wasn't really like a creature type to represent all of these different creatures. And really, you kind of had to go by the watermark to determine like who was Phyrexian and who wasn't. Mm-hmm. And, and that, of course, got muddied when like cards got reprinted in sets that didn't have watermarks. And it's like you see a Blade Splicer and unless you happen to know like what its original printing looked like or what set it was printed in, you wouldn't have any idea that it was a Phyrexian. So mm-hmm. in terms of like, and this is like a, a contrast to say the Eldrazi or Slivers where the, the type line really does help consolidate uh, the creature type, especially when they all look so varied and it makes it easier to talk about them. So like, you know, Eldrazi have a lot of different forms some of them are just like you know alien and bizarre and then some of them are just like 
you know, cosmic horror tentacle monsters from Eldritch Moon. So I think th- the fact that there is an Eldrazi creature type just makes it a lot easier to categorize these things that look completely different from each other. And similarly, like although slivers have had a uniform look for much of their existence, like when they were first brought back in, I believe, Magic 2014 or not first brought back when they were brought back in Magic 2014, um, they experimented with a different look for them that was really completely different from what we'd expected up to that point what we'd seen at, at that point like the in this core set the slivers kind of just looked like shiny men with just like this uh yeah iridescent carapace yeah um, the very similar to like the predators from like the predator movie yeah, honestly exactly. yeah, yeah. The, the dreads and everything yeah <laughs> um so it was helpful to have that type line to to connect these things that no longer had a uniform look, uh, especially when they were, you know, one of the biggest in, when they were extremely popular among players. And mechanically, it was really important for that tribe to be able to reference each other. So ooh, I, I can see why they did it with Phyrexians. I'm glad that they did overcome the inertia, but it's it's certainly been a long time coming. And. Uh, it it was a little surprising that when we saw Vorinclex back in Kaldheim, um, we didn't get the errata then because that that seems like it would have been the place to implement it. So when they uh, first introduced dogs in Magic twenty twenty one, they implemented the all the errata right at that time. So immediately you knew exactly what type of dogs would go in your your Rin and Seri deck or whatever. Um, so in, in this case, it took a little bit longer, but it's finally here. And let's go into what these changes look like, how many cards are affected, uh, and like not only the creatures, but other, other types of cards that are getting this change. So I guess to start off with, there are 227-ish creatures that now have the Phyrexian uh, creature type. And ag- again, could be a little bit of wiggle room there. Consecrated Sphinx is not counted among this because I'm uh, doing a search based on Gatherer, not based on Magic Online. But that's a, a really significant change. That is probably the biggest errata for creature types in a in a pretty long time. Um, so, and just looking at these cards, it's covering things from all the way back in Antiquities with like Priest of Yogmoth and Yogmoth Demon all the way through um, some relatively new cards, like Plague Engineer, originally printed in Modern Horizons 1, is also now a Phyrexian. So covers 25 years worth of sets, and it seems to be pretty comprehensive, because, and it answers some questions for me. Because mm-hmm. one, one thing I noticed was like a lot of creatures from Wrath are being counted as Phyrexians, and like okay, Wrath cool. to me was always like a little bit uh, confusing <laughs> because it's sort of like a vassal state of Phyrexia, but it's not, you know, it does have a lot of independent uh, elements to it. Uh, so, like, now we know for sure, okay, Grevin Ilfek is actually a Phyrexian. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of these other cards and, and characters from that storyline aren't Phyrexians for sure. Yeah, or even like Priest of Gix, who, like, it's kind of dubious if he's actually Phyrexian. Like, definitely, like, mechanical, but, like, now we know for a fact that, okay, even though he's from this realm, he still is a Phyrexian. Like, it's not, he's not just a creepy 
like machine priest he's like actually a phyrexian yeah it is definitely kind of strange to see creatures that have like creature type human phyrexian yeah uh, that but you know what if they want to do that and sort of like maintain the the functionality with human tribal effects sure that's fine but in addition to these 227 creatures that have all gotten the errata there's two other types of cards that are getting this change that those are uh cards which create tokens and so now these all uh, create phyrexian tokens so things like the splicers things like azuri's predation pretty much everything that's been clearly linked to phyrexia in its flavor or had a phyrexian watermark and made tokens now makes phyrexian tokens which i think that's a great change 227 sounds like a lot but you know we've gone over in some of our tribal episodes like you need a really deep pool if you're trying to do <laughs> a, a tribal deck because so many cards in any creature type uh, are just kind of limited fodder you know you're not going to be playing like blister grub or whatever in your commander deck yeah so giving us the option of putting in these playable token generators and feel feeling good about it and like stretching our our pool of phyrexian creatures that's fantastic uh and then on a similar note every card that has living weapon now also produces phyrexians the living weapon yeah. ability now has as part of its rules the ability to make zero zero black phyrexian germ tokens uh, so that's another way you can sort of stretch the phyrexianness of your deck and and access more things in the card pool so i guess let's talk a bit about what are the mechanical similarities of phyrexians and like how do they map onto existing decks in the format well i mean i think the biggest one that's like screaming at us is probably like it's probably infect right right like this, yeah. this, this is the one that like you think about phyrexians and you're like wait i know what they do <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's they infect me so I, I think that's the um most substantial cohesive pool to start with yeah i i totally agree um in fact, is one of the, the very few mechanics that actually scales really well to Commander. And so a lot of cards that were originally designed more for limited play uh, actually can have a, a really outsized impact in Commander. And there already are like several Commanders that have Infect themes associated with them that just are basically naturally running a lot of Phyrexians. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking of like Scytherix, the Blight Dragon, is essentially a Voltron deck, but because it is not trying to do 21 commander damage so much as it's trying to deal 10 poison damage, mm -hmm. you can run these other creatures with Infect to help you get additional progress on that, that wing condition. That's definitely a, a heavy Infect deck. Azuri Claw of Progress, while not all the decks are built this way, it's like a pretty strong theme if you look on EDH rec that Azuri decks run a lot of Infect creatures because you can pump them up really easily. A lot of them are small enough to trigger Azuri when they enter the battlefield. Uh, so there's some natural synergy there. And it also like gives you a way to run a lot of those blue and green Infect creatures that you couldn't really fit into a Scytherix deck. Um, and then to a lesser extent, there's also um, Atraxa, who, because she's able to prolifer proliferate, has some synergy with Infect. And then Volrath, the Shape Stealer, who is mm -hmm. one of the, the commanders printed in the Sultai Morph Precon deck. He puts counters on things and then is able to copy things with counters, except he remains a 7-5. So mm -hmm. 
So if you're able to get a Phyrexian or, or rather an infect creature with a some sort of counter on it and then make him a copy of it, he's dealing seven poison damage instead of just like one or two, as most of these infect creatures do. Mm-hmm. And what's really notable is that all of those commanders I just mentioned are have been eroded to become Phyrexians. And so there's a lot of decks that are helmed by Phyrexians and which also support you running a lot of Phyrexians. And I, I guess let's talk about some of the... the And I think that is like a huge benefit. So a lot of things that maybe you wouldn't care so much about if it was only affecting your commander become a lot more valuable when they're touching your entire team. So let's talk a little bit about some of the tribal effects that are going to be most useful in these types of Phyrexian theme decks. I think they kind of go into like, I'm trying to think of like the, the most insightful way to say this, because this, there's was like a creature type update, a lot of the tribal rewards that we've seen for other uh, colors and other tribes kind of make their way into being really good in these lists all of a sudden. You can imagine, like you are saying, that Scytherix deck, all of a sudden, Coat of Arms is a huge game. Like, not only does Scytherix get bigger, but all of your infect creatures that were kind of helping you get there before Scytherix got there might be like 4-4 four, four, or 5-5s, five, which is basically like probably a lethal board if you have enough of them. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the first place to look is classical tribal cards. Do you want to like go over go over a few of them, I guess? Sure. Uh, so there's things like Coat of Arms, as you mentioned. Uh, Obelisk of Erd is another like significant pump effect um, that can go into decks of any color. Uh, shared Animosity is another really powerful pump effect yeah. if you're running a, a deck with a lot of creatures of the same type. Uh, that one's a little tricky because like most of the, I mean, the commanders we all just mentioned is just having natural synergy with Infect. None of them are red, but maybe if you're doing some sort of like Morophon type Phyrexian tribal list or mm-hmm. uh, some five color list that would be a good option and there's also things like Conda's Banner Conda's Banner is like a a little bit of like a sleeper tribal effect it's yeah. two, <laughs> two mana artifact equipment um, equips her two and equipped or like creatures that share a creature type with equipped creature get plus plus one and creatures that share a color with a crypt creature gets plus plus yeah, one yeah so if you plop that on your know phyrexian azuri claw of progress then all blue creatures are going to get plus plus one all green creatures are going to get plus plus one and all phyrexians are going to get plus plus one so that's going to be at a pretty significant bonus to pretty much all your infect creatures yeah and then so so those are like some of the major pump effects of course we're not mentioning all of them there's like smaller things like vanquishers banner things like that but one thing I'm really excited about is Cover of Darkness for these Infect decks. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so Cover of Darkness is one in the black for an enchantment. Uh, as it enters the battlefield, you choose a creature type, and then creatures of the chosen type have fear. Uh, so it can't be blocked except by artifact or black creatures. And because so many of your these decks have a these Infect decks have a black color identity, they're able to run this, and they're also like these infect creatures tend to be kind of dorky and a lot of them don't have evasion. So your yeah. contagious Nim, your blight widow, they're not able to easily get in a lot of the time and cover of darkness just totally changes that equation. And it's definitely something that would not have been possible prior to this creature type update. 
let's talk a little bit about like sort of defensive or reactive type cards. What are some ways you can like help protect your Phyrexian army? Or like, I mean, this is like, in fact, tends to be an aggressive deck. Uh, it tends to be really reliant on its creatures. How do you like protect that board presence now that they all share a creature type? So, I mean, they're, if you're in one of the colors that is naturally good at protecting things, uh, supposedly we're going to get more white cards that do this in the future. Um, but, I mean, there, there, there's the, the classics, but some of the fun ones, that's what we're really digging into here. So we, I don't want to talk about like heroic interventions. I want to talk about some other really fun things, one of which that uh, was from the tribal set onslaught way back in the day is uh it's kind of a classic at this point a stealer resolve it's a two mana enchantment one in a green and it has as it enters the battlefield you choose a creature type and those creatures have shroud so it just kind of sits there and makes it really hard to mess with any of your uh of your phyrexians once you name that another thing you could really do to like keep these guys coming if they have uh like like a fun tribal on theme one would just be uh cavernous souls if you have it just make sure your things are encounterable so if you're cavernous souls stealer resolve it's pretty hard to interact with your phyrexians whether they're on the stack or like on the battlefield and i think like there's not like a lot of things that give like indestructible to a tribe or anything particular like that but there are cards that kind of re buy back your board <laughs> if you happen to get blown out by a uh, wrath or something like that like the classic one that is getting a reprint now is patriarch's bidding which is everyone chooses a creature type and they put those creatures from their graveyard on the battlefield um, when you're playing a tribal deck that gets you way way more value i feel like it's a classic commander card at this point the thing most tribal lists have run over time if they're black and Recently, we got another really cool, fun one with a haunting voyage in Kaldheim. Yes, yes. It's six to play, uh, but if you just cast it normally as a sorcery, you only get two creatures of the same type back. But if you foretell it, so pay two, exile from your hand face down, and then later on pay seven for it, you reanimate all of them. And it's, it's kind of like a one-sided patriarch's bidding, which is pretty, <laughs> it's pretty strong. So those are like the fun cool tribal ways to protect things of course like if you're in blue you should you should run some counter spells and uh if you're in white like there's the typical protection spells that i think we're going to slowly see more of over time so those are like the cool defensive tricks there's also just some pretty good tribal stuff that all of a sudden gets pretty bonkers in these commanders we were talking about do you want to get into those guys? Yeah, so there are some ramp options that kind of open up if all your creatures share the same type. Like, I've run Urza's Incubator in decks before literally just to help me sort of curve out my six-drop commander or whatever. But if it applies not only to your commander but to all of your other creatures in your deck, it's actually like a really, really significant mana reduction. So Urza's Incubator is three mana artifact. Uh, as it enters the battlefield, you choose a creature type. Creature spells of the chosen type you cast cost two less to cast. You can see that would easily save you a ton of mana over the course of a game in a tribal deck. There's similar things like Herald's Horn, which is three mana artifact that as it enters the battlefield, you choose a creature type. 
those creatures spells that you cast of that type cost one less to cast and then at the beginning of your upkeep you can reveal the top card and if it's a creature of the chosen type you put it into your hand there's just some new ramp options available and i think those are pretty helpful because there are a lot of really expensive really powerful praetors and other brexians that you really want to be able to drop early in order to have a bigger impact on the game like being able to to get down urza's incubator and then cast a shield red or something two turns early is really pretty impactful play and then there are just a lot of card advantage engines that base themselves off of a creature of a particular or creatures of a particular type. So there's things like Pact of the Serpent, which is one black black sorcery. Choose a creature type. Target player draws X cards and loses X life, where X is the number of creatures they control of that type. There's Distant Melody, which is three and a blue for a sorcery. Uh, choose a creature type. Draw a card for each creature you control of that type. And then there's some more like long game trigger type card draw in the form of like kindred discovery yeah vanquisher's banner as we mentioned earlier and then there's like some uh, and then like species specialist if you expect your phyrexians are going to be dying a lot you can yeah, we'll, choose we'll, we'll get back to that guy too yeah. <laughs> and then there's a couple things that can actually like make copies of your phyrexian if you have a reflections of lit jara out that's four and a blue for an enchantment uh as it enters the battlefield, you choose a creature type. Maybe you cast a creature spell of the chosen type, copy that spell, so it comes in as a token copy of the creature. Molten Echoes is two red red for an enchantment. As it enters the battlefield, you choose a creature type, and then whenever a non-token creature of the chosen type enters the battlefield under your control, you get a copy that has haste, and it gets exiled at the end of turn. So a lot of ways to, to get value off of your Phyrexians, like entering the battlefield or being cast, so there's ways you could sort of make these kind of value engines where you're casting a bunch of Phyrexians, like drawing cards, getting multiple copies. I think there's a deck there that's just solely based around like looping Phyrexians because you have a lot of things like Priest of Gix, like Priest of Urbrask, like Phyrexian Walker, like even Phyrexian Marauder, just like zero cost or like a net uh, net neutral in terms of mana that you can then kind of pump into some kind of engine like a cloudstone curio engine like an engine with like reflections of lit jara and, and some way to bounce things like an equilibrium i think it, there's ways to set up these loops where you're casting a bunch of phyrexians drawing a bunch of cards getting a bunch of mana and then sort of comboing off from there i think that's one of the things that is Ended up being the most cohesive after like searching through and like looking at the creatures that became Phyrexians was like how much like sacrifice <laughs> there is. So any of those kind of like loopy graveyard shenanigans are really cool. Do you want to get into like the specific decks? They all get a decent amount of tech. <laughs> so let's let's go and do some specific examples as you mentioned. Uh, Azuri Claw of Progress. The, if you are building this in a um, in a an infect direction, you get a lot of options here. A lot of new cards that work really well. Urza's Incubator. That's one that works great here. Cavern of Souls is a good addition to this deck. The Urza's Incubator, like all of a sudden, goes pretty off the chain. Like Azuri is really hard to keep off the table because it's way cheaper. Like all these like cyst bearers and like goofy things really kind of don't 
cost you anything and can make Azuri kind of take off. So I think like just these small little upgrades can mean a lot for the deck as a whole. And I think that goes also with uh, Scytherix if we want to talk about what happened to Scytherix. <laughs> yeah, so Scytherix is, is definitely able to make use of some of those cards I mentioned. Cover of Darkness is fantastic here. Uh, Urza's Incubator is fantastic here. Like Being able to drop Urza's Incubator on turn three and then cast Scytherix with haste on turn four is an enormous amount of acceleration and then mm-hmm. that's not even like looking into the fact that it will make some of your infectors like Iroclaw Mirror or Necropede or Plaguemur or Vectorasp all of those just become free with it out yeah. which is fantastic one thing that I thought was kind of interesting is like Heirloom Blade oh yeah so a lot of your you know as we've said a couple times during this episode a lot of your infect creatures are going to be really dorky so heirloom blade being a three mana equipment that gives equipped creature for plus three plus one for a single equip or a single mana to equip that's pretty significant like dumping that on a a flesh eater imp or whatever turns it into a two-turn clock and then in addition to that if your opponent wastes removal or, or shoots off a doom blade or a uh, go for the throat on your infect creatures then heirloom blade triggers this this death ability which whenever a quick creature dies you may reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature card that shares a creature type with it put that card into your hand and the rest of the bottom of your library in a random order so it kind of just makes it so that you're always going to have some sort of infect threat uh, yep. and they're all going to be like really really scary they're all going to have like four or more power so I really love Heirloom Blade as an addition to this list. It's something that would not have worked before, but is great now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's really cool. Um, and I think the one that I'm... I always told myself I was going to build him and then never did was the Volrath. Like, Volrath gets to play with like the most of these kind of cool, fun things, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I really like Volrath for a couple of reasons. Volrath... You can build him as an infect creature, but I actually think he might be the best commander if you're trying to build around Phyrexians but aren't necessarily interested in infect because there, he has a lot of like, you know, he's he gives you the best colors and he has some synergies that work out really well for him. Like I'm going to take the Moto Errata as gospel in this case and assume that like Consecrated Sphinx is intended to be a Phyrexian. It is <laughs> blessed with the hands of Jin Gataxius, after all. So like Volrath being a Phyrexian with five CMC opens up a couple interesting options. So one thing you can do is drop a Volrath and then feed him into a birthing pod or a Pyre of Heroes, the new like tribal birthing pod from Call Time, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, or like even a, a neo form or an eldritch evolution and then you can go and grab consecrated sphinx really easily like get it straight onto the battlefield without a lot of muss or fuss so just having like a an easy way to to get a consecrated sphinx blow out your hand early in the game that seems really powerful and and one thing i was just noticing looking at a lot of the creatures that got to be got eroded to be phyrexians is that there is a lot of sort of power on the high end like a lot of the the cheaper phyrexians tend to be kind of dinky either they're like infect dorks or they just don't really do much 
sort of limited fodder. But because we had this cycle of Praetors and all these other powerful mythic Phyrexians, there's just been a lot of, of Phyrexian creatures at the high end of the curve that are really powerful. And I think it actually might justify building sort of a traditional reanimator deck where you're trying to get these powerful creatures into their yard and you're trying to get them back onto the battlefield for like much less than retail price. Like getting a, a consecrated Sphinx early is great, but going in tomb into Jingataxius and then bringing it back with an anime dead is potentially game ending very, very yeah. early on. Yeah, no, it can be pretty hard to get through that unmarked grave and we we've had buried alive for forever like there's so many ways to like get these things into your graveyard even just looting you know just a compulsive research or a chart the chart of course on turn two mm-hmm. which are just like cards that draw cards and loot and that's all it takes sometimes to just go off on like turn three or four with like a necromancy or something like that yeah and i really love cards like jared's orders or final parting because uh, one of the most notable Phyrexians is Phyrexian Delver, which is three black black for a three two uh, Phyrexian zombie. When it enters the battlefield, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. You lose life equal to its converted mana cost. So with a, a Jared's Orders or a Final Parting, or especially a Jared's Orders, you can dump like a uh, a Jingataxius into the yard and put a Phyrexian Delver into your hand. And you're sort of set up for this one-two punch of turn four, Jared's orders, turn five, Delver, go to my end step, draw seven cards with Jingataxius. Mm-hmm. It feels pretty like classically reanimator, even though you're like on theme now. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't just a uh, necromancer reanimating big cool spells. This is like a Phyrexian like exhuming their compatriots back to the battlefield. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. And I got to say, just like after goldfishing with this list a little bit, one card that's kind of been like a hidden gem is Volrath's Shapeshifter. Uh, This Mm -hmm. is one blue blue for a zero one Phyrexian Shapeshifter. And I'm going to have to consult the uh, the Oracle text on this because it's a little weird. But it's actually a a it's like a graveyard order matters card. So keep that in mind. Um, you are going to have to track that when it's in your deck. But as long as the top card of your graveyard is a creature card, Volrath's Shapeshifter has the full text of that card and has the text to discard a card. And then it naturally has to discard a card. This is actually just sort of like a one card reanimation engine. You can play this on turn three. Uh, turn four, discard a Shieldred or Jingataxius or a Vorinclex. And then get like a primo discount on that card. And the great thing is, you know, even if this creature dies, you can still you can still like get back whatever is in your graveyard. Or you can like have sort of multiple things going. You can stack this in interesting ways. So you gotta be careful a little bit with this because like yeah. if you make this a Jinkataxius before your end step, you're gonna draw seven cards and you're gonna have to discard down. And yeah, and it gotta, won't be a Jingataxis anymore. <laughs> exactly. But you can do things like pass the turn and then on your opponent's upkeep or maybe even their end step, make it a Jingataxis and then they discard all their hands. And then like Jingataxis has really, you know, done good work. Yeah, timing is uh, important. It's funny with the like Graveyard Order Matters cards. You're like, oh, wait, I do have to, I do have to corpse stance this card before I corpse stance this card so that when I sack this card, it ends up second from the top. And <laughs> like, that happens pretty often with cards like this. Mm-hmm. 
I think if you're less enticed by the infect option for a Phyrexian tribal, like a reanimator build just makes a lot more sense because there's so many heavy hitters, so much natural synergy with graveyard shenanigans, as you mentioned. Oh, yeah. That I think that's a really good direction to take it. Yeah, I think that's a really cool direction because it kind of naturally fits into that. One other slight change that is uh, coming about as a result of the addition of this creature type, and this was true in Kaldheim, but it's it's just more salient now, uh, is that changelings are also Phyrexians. So, mm. uh, you know, you can run Masked Vandal or Realm Walker or Mutavault in your deck and just have like additional Phyrexians in there and have them benefit from uh, your tribal creature types or your, your tribal effects. So I think that's something to, to keep an eye out for, especially in a tribal deck. Realm Walker is, of course, a great addition there. And just having lands that can turn into creatures of the relevant type uh, is also really helpful. Ink Moth Nexus is um, another notable card in that respect. That's also getting the Phyrexian type as a result of this errata. Yeah, it's it's I, I do highly recommend like if you're if you like tribal lists or just want to see like what cards did get changed because it it's a pretty hefty list. I bet you're playing with some cards right now that are Phyrexians that you and I weren't aware of were Phyrexians. Yep. So definitely something to look into or look for. And we kind of briefly talked about this at the beginning. So like why now or what's going on with it now, but what do you think design space like exists for future Phyrexians? Like if they're going to unify the tribe like this, where do you think they could go with Phyrexians? That is a great question. One thing I, I, I noticed, and you pointed this out earlier, is just how much sacrificing is going on among all these Phyrexian cards. You know, you've got things like Urtai the Corrupted, uh, who can sacrifice a creature or enchantment to counter target spell. You've got Keskit, the Flesh Sculptor, who can sacrifice oh, yeah. artifacts and creatures to um, sort of look at the top three cards and put two in the hand and one in the graveyard. There's Stronghold Assassin, which can sacrifice a creature to destroy target non-black creature. And, of course, Phyrexian Plague Lord, which can sacrifice a creature to give a creature minus one, minus one until end of turn. So there's a lot of sacrifice outlets among the Phyrexians. But as I was trying to build in that direction... I felt like one thing that was a little lacking was like just good sack fodder among Phyrexians. Mm. So yeah. I think that you could create another deck that works well with Phyrexians if you just had some sort of commander that were to make a lot of sack fodder and maybe explicitly call out Phyrexians in some way. Another obvious area of design is Phyrexians get plus one plus one or Phyrexians get yeah. some sort of ability. And I think there's a lot of easy wins in terms of designs that are in that vein and could make decks that are viable in commander because so much of the power of this tribe is concentrated in this in these infect creatures that just want to like be bigger and be evasive and so there's like five or ten different lines of like simple lines of text that could just instantly add a, a deck into the format yeah no i feel that too it's like we talk about how plus one plus one isn't enough Typically, but plus one plus one is enough on an infect creature because it's dealing because, quad damage. Yeah, it's actually plus four plus oh or something like that. You know, it's it's a it's a much much higher number than it actually appears on the card. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think 
all the colors have access to some way to make creatures better or cooler or more adept at uh, combat or getting through or something like that. So I, I think that'd be a cool place to see that. And yeah, like I'm excited. Like I feel like, like I said at the beginning, I feel like the reason we're getting this is because we're getting some more Phyrexians <laughs> in a set, possibly. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I'm hoping. I really like. It's been what More uh, than new 10 Phyrexia. Years. Yeah, it was over ten years ago now, right? It was 2000, or oh, it was 2010, or was it 2011? So, uh, Scars of Mirrodin was 2010. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, New Phyrexia came out in 2011 in the springtime, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. But yeah, that's we basically gotten little snippets. We got the little story bit with Warren Clex. Uh, stealing some uh, god goo from Kaldheim. We got little images of of Phyrexians in supplemental sets like Modern Horizons 2 and, and, and other like, sets. And also there there were hints at it in uh, like Elspeth's night, Nightmare and like mm-hmm. uh, Theros Beyond Death. Yeah, that's true. Definitely hoping this means more Phyrexians in the future. Like the, the absence of some like major characters in the Phyrexian storyline but like people have been asking for a Gix for years yeah. and the fact that we didn't get one in in Commander Legends and we didn't get one in Modern Horizons makes yeah. me think okay I am taking this to mean that there is some product on the horizon which will be an even better fit for Gix than these yeah. two that we've just seen yeah, exactly. That's kind of what I'm thinking too. And this is a very personal, personal thing. Like, there's no, there's no father machines. Yagmoth died, and Karn uh, escaped. He like purified himself, and he got out. Okay, cool, nice, good. But Venser died on New Phyrexia. Died. Mm-hmm. Is he gonna be the new new Yagmoth? Yeah. Like, I've been waiting ten years to find out if if Venser is gonna make like portals for the Phyrexians and stuff. But uh, every year I'm like, hmm, maybe we'll get a little bit. Maybe I'll find out if my theory was correct this year. And um, I mean, somebody like uh, gave them the the planar bridge type technology. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they couldn't have gotten Vorinclex's bones onto Kaldheim. Yeah. So, so I, it, it's. It's got he's gotta be, right? Because like we were like, oh Gliss is dead, and then Glissa wasn't dead. Mm-hmm. But Vincer Vincer died. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Just just saying. I've been waiting ten years for this, I, please. I mean, Wizards. personally, like it was it's probably been about ten years since they said maybe a little less than ten years, but a very long time since they said, like, oh, Elish Norn basically broke the back of Shieldred and Urbrast's forces. Uh, and she's like now kind of the favorite to be the new father of machines. Mm-hmm. So what's what's up with that? What's Elish Norn yeah, been doing all this yeah, time? Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's like and it's funny because like the machine orthodoxy, like the white Phyrexians are like so much more Phyrexian than the black Phyrexians. Oh, like yeah. white white is so much more like methodical in its happenings and doings. So white Phyrexians being the lead of new Phyrexia, like really makes sense. So yeah. What, what is Elish Norn doing? What are the Praetors doing now? What do they look like? Like obviously Vorinclex is a, 
big dumb dumb beefcake who Ellis Norn can just get to do whatever she wants. <laughs> but <laughs> what about the other ones? Like, is Urbrask like in hiding? Because he never was kind of like down. I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to find out. I know so many stories. Th- <laughs> I know. Yeah, that we're just kind of sitting here, <laughs> sitting here waiting for. So I'm th- I'm mechanically very excited about this, but also story wise, very excited about this. I think it's um, bodes well for the future for uh, people who have liked Phyrexia and really not gotten a good good fix on it. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I guess let us know if you have any cool Phyrexian decks, uh, any cool ideas for commanders. Uh, we do want to do some more custom commander episodes this year. So if you got like a cool idea, oh, yeah, send it, it in. To us. Yeah, please. We'd love to see your Phyrexian designs. And I don't know. Is there anything else you'd want to say, yes. say about Phyrexians and, and whatnot? Uh, so we've got a question from uh, one of our patrons. Um, and this is a really interesting one. Uh, so, uh, Liliana's janitor is their handle on, uh, on discord, but, uh, they asked, what are they going to do about cards that now have too long type lines? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Morrow has said no to two lines and he's confirmed that some are too long, but there's been no solution proposed. Uh, that's a really excellent question mm-hmm. because, oh, clad. <laughs> uh, yeah. Brutoclad is a an early one. Like the legendary ones are some of them are really pushing it. Like oh, yeah. Atraxa is now legendary creature, Phyrexian Angel Horror. Yeah. I think <laughs> uh I think one of the the one of the worst ones has got to be Priest of Gix. So yeah. pri- <laughs> prior to this Phyrexian errata, um there was actually only one creature with four creature types. Uh that was Seton Seton's Scout. And that just kind of like of course, it was not printed with that on the original text. It was just a centaur druid initially. So basically, they kind of implemented a couple rules um, for how they yeah. were applying creature types. Like, if a card clearly mentions a creature type in its name, it becomes that type. So as a, as set in scout, it became a centaur druid scout. And then there's a couple like visual cues that if it has this thing, it becomes that creature type. So it's got like a crossbow. Uh, so it became an archer. So Set and Scout is now Centaur Druid Scout Archer. Priest of Gix uh, was originally printed as just a minion. And then they added the cleric type because, oh, it's a priest. And then they added the human type because, oh, it's a human. You can see it's it's clearly a human. Then they added the Phyrexian type. Uh, and so now Priest of Gix is a creature Phyrexian human cleric minion. That's going to be pretty challenging to print on a physical magic card, I think. So how are they going to solve that problem? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the, well, one, one thing that like people have been pointing out is that Brockos, if you look at its type line, it's just like incredibly Insane. smushed, like much smaller font than normal. So that's a legendary creature, Nightmare Beast Elemental. That's just a lot of characters. So maybe they could smush further and maybe maybe we just like they just never reprint Atraxa, the second most popular commander of all time (laughs) no i think it's just gonna get smaller i think there's gonna be because like even aluna apex of wishes like a lot of the the like nightmare beasts the the elemental yeah the 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 way they structured the um legendary creatures in akoria yeah creature types yeah yeah, they they just like made it smaller. So I think that's what we're going to see is the uh, the introduction of the Yu-Gi-Oh just 
make the font two sizes smaller <laughs> on the card <laughs> uh, technology. <laughs> That's yeah. like what I'm assuming we're going to see because it doesn't make sense that we're just never going to see a Traxa again, you know, like that that's ridiculous that's preposterous um yeah it, it it makes more sense to me that they're just gonna be like uh oh and just make that text like as small as possible get it all in there and uh and then it's and then we're good because uh yeah like like we said bruticlad is uh it's a lot going on, yeah. on that timeline now <laughs> yeah that that's a brutal that's a, a brutal one I'm not even going to call that a pun. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. God, legendary artifact creature Phyrexian artificer. Yeah, that's a mouthful. But I mean, I always, I thought that about the apexes too in Ikoria, like the fact that they're all dinosaur cat nightmare, like beast elemental, like cat, like nightmare beast elemental dinosaur. You're like, holy cow. Like why, (laughs) why, what is the point? (laughs) What, What am I gaining from this? Yeah, uh, it was a lot. And and one thing I want to get your opinion on, sort of related to the addition of this type, is prior to the addition of the Phyrexian creature type, there were a bunch of cards like Bruticlad, like the Splicers, that just had jobs. Yeah. I, I thought that that was like a really flavorful, a really flavorful and like creative use of creature typing. Um, mm-hmm. Just like some communicating the idea that in phyrexia you are you've been changed so much that you're like no longer recognizably any race you are just the function that you serve uh in phyrexia yeah Yeah, to to the machine that is phyrexia yeah so i think it's worth noting that like while this phyrexian creature type does add a lot of like mechanical utility for this tribe and like opens up design space it also we also are losing something like really flavorful that's um not going to be easily replicated anywhere else in the game. Yeah, and they've kind of been eating away at the space for a while when they came up with like the noble creature type too. Like mm-hmm. that one like really bummed me out. <laughs> like pretty <laughs> pretty bad cuz it was like funny. It was funny that that one face... sovereign is just like a human yeah, she's yeah. just chilling, you know. She's like, I got a lot of money. Doesn't really have any <laughs> skills. Like, yeah, <laughs> that was that was pretty funny to me. Like you said, it it was flavorful. They were able to use the game mechanics in a really flavorful way by having like an Inquisitor Exarch be a cleric. You know, like like it's only a cleric. It's a two two for two that drains life. Like that. That's like, oh wow! It kind of like put this gravity into like what Phyrexio was. I feel like. But apparently we were just reading too much into it, and uh, and that wasn't necessarily <laughs> the the point. So, yeah, that that is kind of a sad thing to lose. The I love the flavor of the game. Like I wouldn't have started playing Magic if it weren't for the flavor of cards and like the kind of how it captivates like your imagination and stuff like that. But I am more about function than flavor. I think flavor is going to follow simply because of the game. So I. In general, I'm happy that they did this because it's going to be easier to call out Phyrexians in the future. But yeah, that that, that is kind of a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you want to say on the subject of Phyrexians before we wrap this episode up? No, I think just to repeat myself one more time, like please let us know what you think about the update. If you like it, if you hate it, let us know if you're going to build a Phyrexian deck. That's that's something 
that uh, I don't think people heard the update and were like, oh, I'm going to do that. But I think that's going to happen over time as people realize like, oh, like this is a cool thing I can do. So let, let us know if you have any ideas. And and yeah, just just we love hearing from everybody. So that's yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm very as a fan of Phyrexia, I'm very excited for the future now. You know, we've got some really cool things on the horizon with the like announced Phyrexian language Praetor secret layer coming oh up. Oh my god. <laughs> it's gonna be way too much money. I guarantee you it's gonna be the most expensive secret layer we've gotten. Oh, I know. Yeah, There's they can no really milk us for that. It's like, do you want to pay seven hundred dollars for the the bummer <laughs> or or whatever wizards wants to charge us for this? Yeah. Uh, uh, but with that, I think we can rack up, wrap up this episode. Uh, I want to give a brief thank you to our Patreon patrons. They are Gustav, Ryan, Mark, Amond, Addison, Mason, Rick, Laser, Raphael, Charlotte, the White Clays, Hannah, Anthony, Andy, Dylan, James, Justin, Roger, Logan, Evan, Bryce, Dylan, Benjamin, Jamie, Matthew, Jason, Kyle, Brandon, Kydell, Jeremy, Russell, Troy, Dylan, Walter, Leo, Ian, John, John, and Tom. Thank you all for supporting the show. And if you're not currently a Patreon patron but would like to become one, please check us out at patreon.com slash commander theory. Thanks for listening. If any of you theorists want to get in touch with us, I am at Commander Theory on Twitter and Tumblr, and Zach is at Fat Bartleby on Twitter. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Entropy, and you can check them out on SoundCloud. Until next time, we're going back to the drawing board.